Because I have called and you refuse to listen, I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. Those are sobering words from the Old Testament book of Proverbs. But when we mock the truth like a scorner, God mocks us. He laughs when terror and calamity arrives as his way of saying, I told you so. He knows full well the sad, inescapable consequences of ignoring his wise counsel. There's the kind of laughter that's jeering and full of ridicule. When the nations rage and the rulers take their counsel against the Lord, he who sits in the heavens laughs. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but a fool despises wisdom and instruction. Hello and welcome to this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian. Thanks for making us part of your day. In our last broadcast, Ron introduced us to Lady Wisdom. The book of Proverbs tells us we need to listen to Lady Wisdom and respond to Lady Wisdom. But there are two more things we need to do with wisdom, and that's where we pick it up today as Ron continues his series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. Visit somethinggoodradio.org and listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now let's join Ron for part two of his Something Good Radio message, Straight Talk for Mr. Smarty Pants. The third consequence is reaping what you sow. Look at verse 31. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 is a good corollary verse here. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you mock God and his counsel, one day he will mock you with mocking laughter and with, with reaping what you've sown. Okay, just that principle of sowing and reaping. You sow to the spirit righteousness, you will of the spirit reap righteousness. You sow to the flesh, you know, fleshly things, and you will of the spirit reap fleshly things, Galatians goes on to say. You know, there are a couple of ways that we could go with some application here, and I just want to pause here and, and, and do that for a moment. One, one is in a, I guess, in a national sense, uh, because uh, in verse, um, what is it there? The end of verse 26 and verse 27, I see the word terror. Uh, she says, I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm. When I read the word terror today, I just can't help but think about the terrorism that has befallen our nation since September 11th, 2001. And some would suggest that maybe, maybe God got to a point where he lifted the protection from this nation and he allowed terror to strike us. And he sits back with mocking laughter and says to the United States of America, I told you, I told you, I will bless you if you follow my ways. 
But if you choose not to, I, the terror will come. I, it's, it's not the terror that he sends, but there is a sense that God will lift his protection from a nation and just, just allow it to come in. And I'm not here to say that the you know, best days of America are behind us. They are, unless America turns. You know what will make America great again? It's not a booming economy or a new military. It's when this nation gets down on their knees before God and turns back to Him. But after an entire generation of murdering more than 50 million unborn babies in the womb, and now after uh, turning a, a deaf ear and a blind eye to God's plan for the marriage relationship between one man and one woman, uh, after kicking prayer out of the schools, tearing down the Ten Commandments from our monuments and from our school classrooms, and, and basically saying God is, is no longer welcome in the public square, why should we be surprised at the consequences that have befallen us as a nation? Only a fool would say, God bless America. That prayer may not reach heaven's doors in our present state. You can sing it and pray it all day long for our nation. What we need is revival among God's people and a great awakening to sweep across this land from sea to shining sea for a nation to turn back to God. And when a nation does, you know what? He takes care of all that terrorism stuff. He takes care of all that economy stuff in a way that would make the wisest people on Wall Street and the, the military leaders just kind of shake their heads and say, wow, I, you know what? I, I don't know how all that happened, but God will take care of a nation that way. So we could apply this in a national sense. We could also apply it you know, personally. And I want to be careful here not to suggest that every time you face calamity or distress or some kind of you know, difficult time in your life, it's because you got some sin in your life. It's because you've ignored the counsel of God. Be careful with that because you know, Job tells us that that's not always true. Job was a righteous man. He hadn't sinned in any way, and great calamity came upon his life. And make sure you're not one of Job's friends that come, you know, into somebody else's life and, you know, wax eloquently about, well, you know, you have this cancer over here or you lost your job over here. There must be some sin in your life. Be careful with that. But it is a time for self-examination, not for you to examine somebody else's life, but for self-examination, right? Anytime, you know, calamity strikes. Is there some area of my life that is not rightly related to God? Some part of his counsel from his word where I've played the simple or the scorner or the fool and I've not listened, I've not turned my life and aligned my life to his counsel? And these are the consequences. It's a good time for self-examination, is it not? And uh, we, we should always do that. I, I know some people down through the years that I've met that, um, and I'll just give an example, uh, choose not to listen to God's counsel, His, his uh, financial counsel in the Scriptures, say, with regard to tithing. And they go around saying, oh, God is first place in my life, but He's last place in their budget. And they wonder why their finances just never seem to work out. And they always have more month than they have money, and their finances are just a train wreck. And, well, if you put God first in your budget, as he tells us to in his word, then maybe it'll all work out. That's been Catherine and I's story for, you know, 20 plus years of marriage, is a testimony of saying we're going to put God first in our finances and listen to the wisdom and counsel of God, even, even when it doesn't make, 
you know, sense from a Wall Street perspective. We're going to give to God first, and he's going to take care of the rest of it. And he has, and he does. But, but you can spurn that. You, you, you can say, you know, you know the, the, the culture today just says, you know, I, I, I got to have some sexual experiences out there before I get married, and, you know, we just kind of live in that time. Really? Read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. And we're going to have some straight talk to some smarty pants there and, and talk about sexual wisdom and how to, how to manage ourselves there. And you may run into all kinds of troubles there because, because of that, because you spurned God's counsel. I, I, this is hard word. Remember, this is straight talk to smarty pants, right? to, to those who think they know it all. Uh, but I'm glad that Lady Wisdom speaks to us this way. Uh, she, she doesn't dance around the issues very much. Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Straight Talk for Mr. Smarty Pants. Somethinggoodradio.org is the place to go to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, be sure to check out the new Something Good Digital Library. This is where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, they include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets, then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, 
and we finish up with the general epistles in Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. Uh, What I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. That's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. Uh, My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's message, Straight Talk for Mr. Smarty Pants. So there's a fourth thing we need to do, and that's accept the rationale. Verse 29, because they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, a reference to chapter 1 and verse 7, because they would have none of my counsel and despised all my proof, reproof, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. Kind of reminds me of what my auto mechanic tells me. You know, some of you have probably had the experience of buying a, a new car and the salesman, you know, tells you a little bit about that car and how it runs. And uh, just before you drive it off the lot, he, he says, oh, oh, and remember, inside that glove compartment, there is something called the owner's manual. <laughs> when was the last time you read the owner's manual in your car? Probably never, like me, right? And I'm not a very good mechanic, but I do know that the owner's manual will probably tell me to change the oil in my car every 3,000 or 5,000 miles. Uh, It tells me there are certain scheduled maintenances that I must do in that car. I I learned a long time ago there's something in most cars called a timing belt. You have to change that baby out about every, you know, when it reaches 70, 80, maybe 90,000 miles because if the timing belt snaps, that, your engine's toast, all right? Um, But most of us, we drive off the lot with the car and we go on our merry way and we get busy just living life and doing things and we don't change the oil in our car and we don't do the scheduled maintenance despite the fact that the auto dealership sends us those emails and those postcards in the mail and those phone calls saying, come in for the scheduled maintenance, come in for the scheduled maintenance. And we we just ignore all of that. And we get about 30, maybe 40,000 miles on our car and we wonder why it doesn't work very well why it's kind of breaking down. And you take it into the auto dealership, and he says, well, I I sent you those emails. Did you not get them? I I sent you those postcards. I I told you to come in for the scheduled maintenance. We talked about this before you bought the car and drove it off the lot. Yeah, 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 well, you know. What does Lady Wisdom here say? Because they hated knowledge, because they did not choose to fear the automaker, <laughs> and respect what he said, and would have none of my counsel and despised all of my reproof. Here you are with a broken down car. And some of you are here today with a broken down life. Uh, the good news is God is in the business of restoring lives, 
And, and Lady Wisdom said it in verse 23, <laughs> if, remember that important word, if, if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you and I will make my words known to you. There's no guarantee you're going to take anything that God's word has to say today or any other day and put it into practice. You have to make that choice. You have, to, you have to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. But you have to say yes. You, you have to say yes to Jesus and come to the foot of the cross just like every other sinner who needs a Savior. God will draw you. Uh, he, 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 will, he will woo you. He, he will go into your noisy places and the noisy streets and he will, he will cry out to you. But in the mystery of the sovereignty of God and the free will of man and all of that, at some point, you've got, you got to make a choice. You have to decide if, if you will turn at my reproof. There are no lives that are totaled. I've, I know some cars that get totaled because of lack of maintenance. Nothing I can do for the car. You just, you, you totally ignored the maintenance requirements on it. But there are no totaled lives because God is in the business of, of bringing us back to him. Uh, that's the encouragement, that's the hope, and it brings us back to the summary statement there in verse 32 and 33. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. I, I just have a feeling that's, that's how all of us in this room want to live. We, we don't want to live with a dread of disaster that wakes us up in the middle of the night because we haven't lived with integrity and we haven't listened to the counsel of God and we're just wondering, oh, what have I gotten myself into? We want to dwell securely and to be at ease within our spirits because we know we're doing the best we can to align ourselves to God's counsel. And the Holy Spirit does a wonderful job of of tapping us on the shoulder here and tapping us on the shoulder there. He does that through our conscience, yes, but also through uh, the living presence of the Spirit of God in our life. But you know, the Bible tells us you can grieve the Holy Spirit, you can quench the Holy Spirit, you can resist the Holy Spirit. That's a very dangerous place to be. When you say no to the Spirit of God enough to where that still small voice becomes so small, you just can't hear it anymore until the train wreck happens. And you're wondering, how did this happen? If you're at that place today, listen to the cry of Lady Wisdom and, and turn at her. The word turn is the picture of repentance. You're going this way, uh, at 90 miles an hour, away from the counsel of God, stop dead in your tracks, do a 180 and turn. And when you do, God will meet you right there. In fact, he's the hound of heaven that has been pursuing you. He's right behind you. He's right behind you. And when you turn, you're going to be face to face with him. And that's when, when you turn, he'll pour his spirit into you and he will pour his words into you. He will help you get out of the mess that you're in if you just listen, Mr. Smarty Pants, to his counsel and you put it into practice no matter what Mr. Worldly Wise Man might be telling you. You see, Mr. Worldly Wise Man just produces Mr. Smarty Pants who think they know everything. But if you turn, you'll turn and you'll be face to face with the hound of heaven that has been pursuing you all the while because he loves you. 
and he knows you're on a road to the city of destruction and he wants to turn you to be on that king's highway to the celestial city. The question is, will you do that today? Right now. Don't wait to another time. You may be the scoffer or the fool that drops out, but today you're here with this divine appointment, and God has intersected your life at this point with this this truth, And, and it really demands a response for all of us. It demands a response for our nation and what little part you and I play in what this great nation looks like. Let revival start in your home and in your heart and spiritual awakening birth in your place. And then take that into the, uh, amen? Uh, raise raise your voice above the noisy voices and, and cry out as Lady Wisdom does to try to turn a nation, maybe a neighbor or a family member or a friend or a coworker to the wisdom from above. Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, Straight Talk for Mr. Smarty Pants, and I'm pleased to welcome in Dr. Ron Jones to the studio. Ron, I'm sure there are people listening, maybe some who missed yesterday's broadcast or got here late today, and they may be wondering, I know I need to gain wisdom, to grow in wisdom, but how do I get it? What would you say to someone who wants to find godly wisdom but doesn't quite know how? Well, Brian, the first thing I'd say is this. It takes divine guidance to gain divine wisdom. And what I mean is, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, meaning you don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit to teach you the deep truths of God, then you're at a disadvantage. You first have to come to faith in Christ, and only then will the truths of God's Word really begin to make sense to you. But even then, we have to remember a couple of things. Uh, First, we, we must desire wisdom to the point of even asking God to give it to us. And then we have to desire it enough to seek it out. And when we seek it out, of course, we have to go to the right place. Uh, Make no mistake about it. We have an enemy out there who is crafty and who is determined to lead us astray with subtle lies that often sound like good ideas. If the devil can get Adam and Eve to make a mistake, uh, uh, surely he can get us as fallen human beings to buy into what he's selling if we're not careful. So one of the big things Christians can do in order not to be led astray is to devote ourselves to continually listening to the right voice. Uh, There are plenty of voices out there that sound good, that sound reasonable. And if we're listening to those voices instead of the voice of God, quite frankly, we're setting ourselves up for failure. The Bible tells us not to be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we may prove the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. How do we renew our minds? Well, by immersing ourselves consistently and continually in God's Word, uh, staying in fellowship with other believers, uh, continually uh, talking to God in prayer, uh, these sorts of things, because um, those are the right voices. And we need to make the voice of God uh, coming through the Word of God so loud uh, that uh, that's the primary voice that we listen to. You know, I'm reminded of James 1, verse 5. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and he will give it to you. 
Well, Ron, we're about out of time for today, so let's wrap it up with you telling us where we're headed next time as you continue your series, Why Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. You know, Brian, when it comes to wisdom, and I alluded to this a moment ago, uh, one of the things we have to do in order to get it is to want to get it. In some ways, it's like looking for buried treasure. It takes time and effort and perseverance. God will give wisdom to us when we want it enough to ask for it. Uh, But there's also an element to the discovery of wisdom that involves a little bit of hard work on our part. God says we will seek Him and find Him when we seek Him with all of our heart. So these hidden nuggets of wisdom don't come to us by accident. They come as a combination of divine revelation and our own willingness to dive in and seek that wisdom. And I'll talk more about this as we move ahead in our series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. Join us then for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, The Hidden Treasures of Wisdom. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.